Welcome to the Gym Session, brought to you by Sportsmate Mobile and Footy Live. It's time to chat all things football with your host, Jimmy Sabo. All right, cool, let's do this. <clears throat> Hello and welcome to the Gym Session podcast. I am Jimmy Sabo. I've got a huge, huge podcast coming up. Some special guests to provide some laughs and hot topics. I'm going to wrap up uh, some key moments from the past week of footy and I'll give you a look into the next seven days of AFL as well with a couple of predictions on what to expect. Today is the uh, 2nd of September, Wednesday, and by the time you're listening to this, I would assume you'd be sitting down to watch the Richmond vs. Frio game, or maybe you've already seen it. So in that case, how good were the Tigers? I think Tom Lynch's ninth goal was the best of the lot. Um, I'm hoping that ages well, but fingers crossed it all goes well for my team tonight. But for those of you who support Hawthorne and Essendon, I can imagine you'd be a little bit down today. Uh, it wasn't a great night for your clubs. Uh, for the Dons, it all but ends their chances of playing finals, you'd reckon. They've lost Andy McGrath in the process. And uh, the Hawks, well, I'm going to speak to Nick Guglielmino later. And uh, for the first time ever, a team has lost the bye. So he's going to be absolutely ropeable. But he's going to have a chat about that. Uh, we joked about it, though. We joked about it a few times. What would come first? Hell freezing over, the cure for coronavirus, or the Crows winning a game? And Hawks gave us an answer, finally. It was a great moment, though. Um, all jokes aside, fantastic to see. Uh, it was the Crows' grand final, basically. And that intensity they brought early... Definitely showed that, and it was nice to see uh, Matty Nix jump in a circle uh, for the song, and it was funny listening to the commentators before it happened as well. No, he won't do it. No, those days are over. No, coaches don't do that. And now stuff that. He jumped in, he got a Gatorade shower, and he enjoyed it. Because let's be honest, mate, he was put in charge of a basket case, a broken squad. You know, people wanted out, the culture wasn't great. You know, there's no hiding that. But he stuck to the plan. He's been consistent. And he's never wavered. He hasn't flip-flopped like the AFL or the Andrews government. He seems like he knows the road out of this crisis for the Adelaide Crows. And it paid off. It was great to see on Tuesday night. All jokes aside, I, you know, I can't... I, I'm not being sarcastic about this. It was good to see the Adelaide Crows win a game. And if he had taken the same approach as maybe the Victorian government or the AFL, I can guarantee they wouldn't have won. Now, you look at, you look at the AFL and they've made some... You know, some changes on the run this season because of one or two incidents, you know, shooting from the hip, wishy-washy reasoning. Just this year, they've changed holding the ball, the rule, the interpretation due to one set of comments from a coach. They've changed the, they've amended the AFL tribunal guidelines because of one dubious dangerous tackle fine. They've made changes to the AFL regulations for metal stops only after a player has suffered a 25-centimeter gash on their shin. And then he'll miss a, a few weeks of footy. Only after that, they make changes. They've sacked and then rehired a journalist in, West, in less than a week following uh, uh, the, the reporter basically just reporting on relevant news, but apparently not abiding by an editorial decision. And then because of social media pressure, they've hired him back. They shouldn't have sacked him in the first place, to be honest. They've sent a player directly to the tribunal, uh, the reasoning being three and subsequent offences. But then in the tribunal, they say Lynch's record is not relevant. The only reason he could have been sent to the tribunal was because of public pressure. From The MRO couldn't handle it. All venues now, this is the latest one, all venues will now have cameras, necessary cameras, for the ARC score review system. Only after a day that they failed to install them, for a prime-time clash between two sides fighting for a spot in the finals, and it costs St. Kilda four points, basically. Then they come out and go, no, 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 we'll put cameras, that we'll fix it, we'll put them at all venues. What the hell? <laughs> After, how can you run a, a, run a competition and not have the same equipment at every venue? That was ridiculous. I mean, and some of the people, it would cost too much. Well, then don't run a league. 
don't run a league then or don't have them at all. You can't say, and Jared, Jared Waitley was real strong on this. I liked his comments on uh, Monday, I think it was. And he said, what is this, a, a Division Three game where you can't get the right cameras? It's a joke. It's a joke. Um, and I apologize because I normally don't like, you know, um, lighting the outrage fire that we all seem to be doing on social media. I think the AFL, what you got to treat it as, like we all get pissed off, we shake our head, we get angry, but we're not going to stop watching. I mean, the AFL, it's like family. It's like, the you know, the strange uncle at Christmas. He's part of us, his family. We don't agree with everything he does or says. He's embarrassing, but we still love him. And like I said, I don't want to promote outrage, but it just explains what an absurd season we've had. And 2020 is absolutely, it's an absolute write-off for all. A lot of reasons. Unless the Tigers win the flag, then 2020 is the best year ever. Um, we won't do a Punderful Round recap this week because we're in the middle of like a footy festival again. So we get lost in the rounds. But I will do a pun per team so I can get my weekly dose of dad jokes out of the way. All right, here we go. Yes, Jimmy! All right, Adelaide. Just in the nicks of time, a winless season would have been awkward. Brisbane. Shooting from the hipwood is risky. Would be lying if we said we're confident of their chances. Carlton. Blues are still green. Collingwood. With all those players injured, who in their right mind would believe a flag is still possible? Collingwood. Jeremy Howe. About that. Essendon. Essendon done and dusted. Not even a hooker can lift spirits now. Fremantle. Just in. Longmuir's losses have been so wrong, but so right. GWS. The boring footy gets you wins. Geelong. Geelong way back is the right way forward. Danger, danger, these cats are par fit. Gold Coast. The AFL ranking has gone down. The suns were rising, but now they're set. Hawthorne. There is no scrimshaw thing anymore. Clarko must look in the mirror and the glass and ask Daniel how it's come to this. Melbourne. D-Days for Demons. Good wins are the only thing sailing them through the finals. North Melbourne. North are going south. Larky, they're not as bad as Adelaide. Port Adelaide. Things are looking rosy, and even Robbie Gray Skies are good. They could really have the power to win. Aim on to that. Richmond. At the start of the season, you couldn't pick it, but the Tigers in their linchpin are bolting towards back-to-back grannies. Mark of my words. St Kilda. They're made of steel, but some think the Saints are over the hill. No more pattern on the backs. It's time to battle. Sydney. How many mills does it take to fill up a glass of hope? They've had their wicks about them this season, but it's time to ring the bell. Swans are at row bottom. West Coast. From the outside, they'd look just darling, but the shoey might not fit. A huge gaff from the coach may have dug in them a big hole before finals. Western Bulldogs. They've been getting pretty good grades, but the rest of the competition are also busy studying English. Only a cool beverage can heal them from the heartbreaking loss to the Cats. Their second half was poor. Alright, I truly apologise for that. And it wasn't as fluent as I'd like, because I wrote it this morning and I didn't read it back. That's a big mistake. Um, but the next part of this show will be fluent, because we're speaking to someone I really enjoy having a chat to. Let's get set for this. Nick off. Nick off. Nick off. Nick off. Nico, welcome. Yeah, thanks, James. Thanks for that intro. Um, 
I'm especially, especially angry this morning. I can imagine. Can, after, I, can I guess what you're going to talk about? Last night. Can I um, guess what you'll talk about? Yeah, is so... It, has it been the Hawthorne Footy Club? You got that right. Mm. But if, if anyone doesn't already know, I am a mad Hawthorne supporter. And Hard not to know. Fortunately for Hawthorne supporters, it didn't get much worse than last night, to be honest. Mm. So that's what you're going uh, to talk about? Go, go for it. Yeah, yeah. I'll just... I'll start off by saying, James, you're yep. the first person I've spoken to since last night when the game finished. Mm-hmm. I message, I did message you before the game. What about your girlfriend? You, you didn't even speak to her. No. Nah. I told you. No, nah, nah, I, I, I locked myself up in my room, didn't leave, went, had an early night, yeah. and that was it. Oh, I feel um, honoured and, and uncomfortable at the same time, so thank you. Um, I didn't message you before the game telling you I felt sick because Mm. I knew exactly what was going to unfold. Keep in mind, we have lost to a winless side before, all the way back in 2001 against Frio, Mm. round 18 in Melbourne. So I was having a few flashbacks of that game last night. Mm. But in fairness, I didn't expect it to go that badly. Not only to lose to a winless side but to be outplayed and smashed by 35 points Mm. by a team that has not been able to kick goals all year. This is a new low. Yesterday was one of the darkest days in Hawthorne's history. Regardless of what any of the coaches or board members say, this is reminiscent of that 2004 season where we finished second last with just four wins. Because as you know, we are already on four wins for the year and I can't see us winning another game this season. So... The players just looked disinterested. Mm. They looked, they lacked motivation, spirit. Mm. I wrote it on Twitter as soon as the siren went. And surprise, surprise, Woody Clarkson said in his press conference, quote, we couldn't really get any spirit in our game. Part of me wants to smoke the players because their effort seems unacceptable. But the environment we're in is just so difficult. We're sick of making excuses, but we know there are reasons. Well, tell us the reasons, Clarko. James, you know I defend my club to the hills and back. Oh, boy, do but I. I can't, I can't buy into that. No? I'm not saying the hub lock isn't difficult. I'm sure it is. But it's tough on every team. And it hasn't stopped Richmond, Geelong, St Kilda and Melbourne from performing. In terms of on-field, I don't think I've seen... I've been so disappointed with where this club is sitting at the moment. Us Hawthorne fans... I've had it easy over the last decade or so. That's right. And I'm so I'm so appreciative of that. But no matter what anyone be. says, our list is better than what we saw last night. Even though we were missing a few stars, we shouldn't be getting beaten like that. No. And if Clarko knows the reasons as to why we performed like that, then tell us. We as paid-up members deserve an explanation mm. for that crap. Bang. And one last thing, yep. one last thing. Clarkson also made a comment post-game about the compromise draft this year and how we can't rely on it. Yep. Well, if Hawthorne do the unthinkable and trade away their first round pick this year, which is looking like either pick three or four or whatever it is, I personally oh. will go to Waitley Park. Here we go. Climb, climb the Sir Kenneth Luke stand oh, and no. tie myself up to the flagpole in <laughs> protest. I love this club too much to see that happen. I trust Clarkson and the club to turn this ship around. But it has to be done through the draft starting this year. And trading early picks will be the last straw for me. Bang. Nick off. Yeah. 
That's huge. I've never heard you speak like this ever in your life. And this is the first time. This is the first time I've ever heard you question Clarko in your entire life. You've never questioned him before. You've backed him all the way. And you finally admitted saying that there's reasons, and then he doesn't explain those reasons. So I think we deserve to know, don't we? Yeah, no, of course. I I I mean, I trust him. I I don't want him sacked or anything. No, of course not. Want answers? Yeah, you want answers, but also you've brought in about what a thousand games of experience yesterday because you you didn't want to lose the game and you've gone out and lost. It's heartbreaking, isn't it? Well, that's it. That's it. I mean, there, there was a lot of questions asked about the changes to the team, and I could understand. Um, you know, we had a short turnaround. You got to swap the players around. Uh, yeah, no, no, fresh no, no. Legs. Stuff that. That's excuses. But, yeah, no. I just, I, I was, I felt like throwing up. Yeah, no. Honest. As you should, as you should. You can't. You, you're the first team ever. I said it earlier on the show to lose the bye. It's ridiculous. And in 13 months, they haven't won a game. They beat Hawthorne. I expected it earlier against another yeah. side, but geez, against the Hawks, yeah. that one hurts, Nico. That one it really does. hurt. It Tell does. me now, it's, before... It's a dark day. It yeah. was a dark day yesterday, and waking up today, it definitely hurts. Yeah. No, 100%. And while I've got you here, Nick, um, yeah. I've got to do. I've got to get through my tweets and my emails, but I'll do it while you're here, because one of them, the first one, um, is referring to Hawthorne, so I might as well have you here for it. It was... Uh, well, you know him too, Nathan Weller. He tweeted me. He oh, yeah, said, what are your well. thoughts on where Hawthorne are at? They have been playing some putrid footy this season, and of course they lost to Adelaide last night. With an ageing list and not much coming through, I think they're in major trouble. Hashtag well, the gym session. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, you basically like, answered... covered off most of it. Yeah, no, things. I agree with what you've said. I mean, they need to get some, get some get uh, rid of some, um, some old boys. They need to start yeah. fresh. They can't keep topping up like they've done in the past. So I think you covered it off pretty, no. pretty nicely, yeah. Nico. Um, yeah, and we, Hawthorne do have uh, 26 out-of-contract players this year, so it'll be interesting to see the big culling that's going to come. Well, mm. Hopefully it does come, because there are some Has players to, on that actually. list that don't deserve to be there next year. Nick, as we say, mate, the house always wins. You try and beat the house, but it's always going to win. So you yeah, need, exactly. Yeah, you just exactly. can't keep well, popping up and hoping... I mean, yeah, yeah, Geelong, Geelong's doing a good job of it, though. The oh, they are. Yeah, that's day. true. They haven't gone through a huge rebuild, but it's... Um, yeah. Yeah, no, Hawthorne definitely need to look at the draft. Uh, next one, you can answer this for me as well. He asked Nathan Muller again. Um, another one coming at you. With the grand final being locked in at the Gabba, what are your thoughts on a potential Twilight game? I'm a massive NFL fan, and I love how the Super Bowl does it, but I doubt we can match the same spectacle down here. Well, Super Bowl have a lot more. NFL have a lot more money than the AFL does to put on a big spectacle. Number one, number two, um, about it being at the Gabba, Nico. I don't mind it there, and this is the first time in a long time that the AFL have made a decision that's not based just on money because they would have got a lot more money um, putting it in Perth um, and playing it at Optus Optus Stadium and getting more crowd and building it up a bit more in a footy state rather than Queensland, but. I think they deserve what, it, mate. What's the reasoning behind them going to the Gabba? Well, they're going to have it's a press conference moment. later today, and it will it will come out before we before this yeah. podcast is released. But I think that they deserve it. I mean, without without Queensland, without the Queensland government, we wouldn't have had the season go ahead like it has. So I think they've saved us yeah. a lot, and they've saved dollars, they've saved the competition. They deserve to have it. And with their team, with Brisbane going so well, I think it's going to be great for the state. Um, to build popularity, I guess, up there in the north for footy. 
and for the Brisbane Lions and even the Suns, they've had their moments this year. Mm. So I think it's. Well, uh, uh, you mentioned money earlier, mm. um, how they haven't gone with the money option, but I think I, I think the other way. I think they have because of that um, that Brisbane Lions factor. I think they want the popularity for Brisbane and Gold. So you think in long term, long term money rather than. Um, well, Rather than quick yeah. turnaround, fast money. Well, they they would. There's no That's doubt right. they'd get more money in Perth straight away, and they're trying to keep the competition afloat, I guess. But yeah, I mean the long term success of the league. Maybe they're looking for that as well. I think it's. I, I don't mind it. But in terms of playing twilight or night game, I don't really like it, Nico. I like the day game, and we talked yeah. about this on the podcast with Sam Duncan last week on the Sports Media Microscope, which I'm sure you listen to. Um, yes. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we talked about it then, and I'm not a big fan of um, having it at night. I like it during the day. I like a little bit of tradition there. Some of the <laughs> some of the comments that came back, they're like, like, oh no, but you can't have the sun in the players' eyes, mate. The sun at the MCG as well. I mean, uh, you've yeah, sat in the correct. MCG being absolutely burnt on Grand Final Day because the sun straight in your eyes, Nico. Wasn't it? Exactly. Yeah, and it wasn't. It was only a few years ago we had a 33-degree day at the MCG on yeah, Grand exactly. Final, though, 2015. Yeah, I think it's a putrid excuse. But still, I mean, if they're going to put on a spectacle, it's a one-off. I mean, this is the only time, maybe in our lifetime, Nico, that it's not going to be at the MCG. Um, yeah, exactly. And so. that's why, that's like, I'm with you, I think. I, I like the traditional 2 o'clock time slot, 2.30. Hmm. But because this year is so different and it's going to be at a different venue... I don't mind them testing the waters around Twilight Grand Final yeah, a bit or of experiment. Grand Final. Yeah. Just to, because it, it has been a topic of discussion through uh, the previous years. And if there's ever going to be a year where you're going to give it a shot, make it this year when it's, you know, when everything's already so much different. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, but I, I just think, I think the Perth, the Perth venue would have been a better spectacle. They've got a better ground, bigger yeah. ground, bigger crowd. And also, they've got all the, the light shows and everything already built into the stadium. It would have just been a better spectacle, I yeah, thought. But, no doubt. Um, you, you make you make a good um, you make a good case for Brisbane as well. They they have helped um, Victoria in the AFL out a lot. But yeah, I don't know. I think I would have preferred Perth. We'll be back after a quick break. Yeah, I was thinking that too, but you know, for Victorians, I reckon it's not too bad that it's in Queensland because I believe the spectacle's not going to be that great, right? So if it was great, say it was in Perth, it was a, it was amazing, like they had great entertainment, the light show, it was Twilight Game, looked fantastic, whatever it is, packed house. Yep. People start to question, oh, should we really have it at the MCG every year? And then that would be that constant conversation, I think, every single season. But now, 
Yeah. I reckon it's a Brisbane. It's not going to be that great. We'll still say, look, we prefer the MCG, I think, so we can lock it in and know that it's going to be there for the rest of our life. Yeah, uh, so you reckon we're going to get scared into moving it to Perth? Oh, if it was there, you could be scared into moving I mean, moving there, there is like a 50-year contract. With, no, no, oh, I know. No, yeah. 2050, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just saying if it was at Perth, maybe there would be that. The, um, yeah, it could be. The competition would have been scared. But now it's in, it's in Queensland, I reckon we're safe. <laughs> in all respect to them. But yeah, brilliant. Uh, Nico, stay on just for one more. There's one more email. Just stay on because no, I enjoy fine. speaking no to you. You've got nowhere to go there. No, I don't. You've got to probably call your missus, I would I would recommend, if you haven't spoken <laughs> to her since last night. But before you do that, let's uh, Frankie the Pie Fanatic, he emailed in, right? Yep. And he goes, I'd like to put the whole competition on notice. <laughs> As Collingwood, win, as Collingwood win this Friday night, they'll beat Brisbane with an undermanned side and seriously contend for a top four spot. Once that does happen and we're in finals, Jordan DeGoe will be back, Steel Sidebottom is currently training and could be back, and Jeremy Howe, with the body of a god, will play again this season. Adam Trelaw will also be back. If that isn't a premiership side, then I don't know what is. Nico, uh, I mean, yeah. your, your first I don't impressions. Deny that it's a- Premiership side. I think they've got a very good side. I hadn't tipped for top four at the start of the year with a with a fully fit team for sure. Hmm. But I don't think they're making top four with Richmond and West Coast battling for that last spot. Like, I don't yeah. see. No, I can't see them making top four. Yeah, no. I, I don't see, see them like, winning on Brisbane Friday. Might lose to the Pies this Friday, but then they've got Gold Coast, Sydney, and Carlton. I don't, even think, those I don't even think they beat Brisbane to be honest. I'm tipping the Lions. I don't know. They just yeah. can't, like yeah. You can get up against Carlton. That's fair enough. But I don't know if you can get up. Like they can't score. That's the problem. Yeah. Mate. Like even if you get it's a your, big if, isn't it? Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a huge if. I mean, if they get all those back and they start to put on some scoreboard pressure, you go, yeah, it's a premiership side. It's nice. Looks good. They can win it. But no, nah, I don't. I don't yeah. see it. It's good optimism from him, and you wouldn't expect anything less from a Collingwood fan for sure. <laughs> no, not at all. So no, nah, it's fair enough. Um, hashtag the gym session. Get involved with the show. We'll read out your tweets. Nico, it's been a pleasure, mate. I enjoy having you on. I enjoy having a chat. And when this lockdown ends, let's make yep. this a regular thing where we actually speak about more topics together rather than just coming on once a week to talk about what you're pissed off about. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, that's that's what it is most weeks anyway, isn't it? I'm always pissed yeah. off about something. Yeah, especially when the Hawks are like this. Yeah, no, it's fair enough. Yes, definitely. Good, mate. Well, you have a good rest of the day and I'll speak to you later. Thanks for having me on, James. No worries, mate. All right, before I get to the rest of the show and ramble on about other things that's been on my mind over the past week, we need to get to our other guest today. And I'll tell you what, this is going to be very, very fun. Smiles infectious, we all love it. All right, I think we're good to go, yeah? All right, you good to go, Yeah, lock it in. All right, all right, I'm very excited about our guest today. One of them we've already spoken to a few times before, so I won't go on about him. But the other half of our Blues brothers today is a man who knows Carlton as well as anyone. He's been involved in the media for over 10 years now, writing articles, conducting interviews, coordinating content, and studying the Carlton Footy Club. Most recently, he works as a podcast and radio producer for the Herald Sun and 3RW, while causing a heap of debate and heated conversations on social media. His ancestors hail from the same part of Italy as mine. It's none other than Damien Tardio. Welcome, Good boys. James, hello. hello, James. Hello, Sean. Which part of Italy was it? Was it my mum's side or my dad's side? Oh, I think he's a dad. He's from San Marco in Lamas, isn't he? 
Oh yes, you're a paisan. You're a paisan. That's it. So I'm my I'm my family's from aware of this. Yeah, from Manfredonia. So it's about thirty k's from San Marco. Yeah, Manfredonia is near the beach. Sorry to hijack this as you. It's on the beach. Yeah, no, Woody, don't worry about it, Sean. Yeah, no, it's about thirty k's. It was like Red Hill to Sorrento, basically. Exactly, Sean. Manfredonia is almost the equivalent of you know Blagari or Rye Carnival type atmosphere. Yeah, that's it. Eastern Peninsula in Italy. It's a good spot, Woody. Have you you been to Italy, Woody? Nah, mate. Nah, I've been down to uh, I've been down to Ligon Strait. It's probably the closest closest, I've been to Italy. That's it. Well, Damo, what have you been up to lately? You've got the SAC SAC podcast. You've got That's Life podcast. What else are you you doing at the moment? Yeah, well, recording the SAC podcast of the Herald Sun. We're into the third season. Uh, Just finished recording the Herald Sun weekly footy podcast just Mm -hmm. before with Mick Warner, Lauren Wood, Scotty Gullen and John Anderson. And uh, when we obviously got the news that the AFL grand final is moving to Queensland, first time out of Victoria in 122 years or something like that. So pretty big news there. Uh, and also that's Life podcast with Darren Hinch. He's an interesting man. Yeah. And uh, the Get Lost Travel podcast with a bloke called Mark Scorcher Davidson, who Woody knows from 3AW. Oh, Brent, we'll chuck up the links um, in the articles of this as well. What, do you, what have you been up to other than dyeing your hair? Because that looks fantastic. Bleach, bleach through it. Thanks, oh, mate. Yeah, I was just a bit bored with the, uh, the hugs and kisses and just thought we'd run a, run a bit of yellow through it. Look a bit like uh, Lisa Simpson with the hair at the moment. But, yeah, uh, nah. It's we're gonna go, we're gonna, thanks, mate. Yeah, going to go blue, I think. Yeah? Next, uh, even though she wants to go pink. But um, No, look, I, I mean... Look, to be honest, I'm just spare parts at AW, which is great. I love it. I'm really lucky that oh, I had a job in the last six months, which has been great. And um, lucky that I've been able to panel a fair bit of the the, uh, the footy this year, which has been good. Mm. Uh, pretty much, I'm just Damo's uh, fill-in. So whenever he has a roster, Damien off, RDO, as we like to call it at A-dubs, um, I jump on and it's great. You know what they say? always get someone that's a lot less than you to make you look 10 times as better. So that's what yeah, Damo that's, does. That's, that's Radio 101, Woody, isn't it? That's good. That's, that's, like... it. that's, why, they call me, that's why they call me air gaps in more at work, which is fantastic. Um, and then I'll just sort of answer a few phone calls for, for D-Day's program, and, uh, which is good. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm just sort of all over the shop at the moment, which oh, is uh, hey, good fun. And Woody, hey, don't bury the lead. What about your on-air role on Australia Overnight? And and also the award <laughs> award-winning Remember When on a Sunday. That's right, on Sunday. I tune into that too. Yeah, me Sunday too. nights <laughs> will be my favourite when Woody jumps on. Oh, yeah. No, it's funny uh, working with guys like Phil Brady. You just never know what you're going to get every week or during <laughs> the week by text messages. But that's, uh, that's about it, mate. In Australia, I mean, I like working with um, Tony Moakley and Simon Owens. He's a, uh, he's a Carlton supporter as well. And he would have been very disappointed yeah, on the yeah, weekend, man. as you boys were, for sure. Oh, I no. want you, I want, Damo, you give me a positive um, from Sunday. And would you give me a negative? But be honest, there's no filter on this program. As Carlton supporters, no, what do you no, feel no. on Sunday? Well, I mean, you feel very underwhelmed when the final siren goes because you're in a position to leapfrog Melbourne, Western Bulldogs, GWS, and, you know, just get your foot into the top eight with mm. four rounds to go. So arguably it's Carlton's most important game in the last seven or eight years. It's the most important game to play against Collingwood in 32 years since they played in the final 88. So you're expecting to, you know, put in an effort and put in a four quarter effort, which they didn't do. They, they battled pretty manfully in the first half, but you know, after half time, when you don't kick any goals and your sort of four line structure falls apart, 
you know, and then Collingwood really just they dominated the corridor. I mean, you saw Isaac Quayno, you saw Scott Pendlebury, you know, just the time and poise he had. I mean, you know, they were just creating so many opportunities for a really good position. And we just were no match in the second half. I think the positive, though, is Michael Gibbons, how consistent he's been. And obviously, from where he's come from, and there was an Riley Beveridge wrote a great article on the weekend about Michael Gibbons, how there'd been about 677-odd draft picks since he was initially in a draft in 2014 and he'd been overlooked and overlooked. And the fact that he's been able to come on and play consistently well this year, especially is a real credit to him. Woody, you're overall negative. Uh, it's just pretty much alluding to what Damo just said. It was a massive opportunity for our club that we've been in the dungeons for you know, for a long, long, long time. And it was a really big opportunity to continue channeling that, you know, positivity that David Teague's brought into the club over the last 12 months and, uh, and, and knock the Maggies off. Um, you know, there was a lot of, I think Sam Doherty spoke on a, on a rival station during the week and talking about, you know, that we, ever since he's been at the club, we've never been in a position to really challenge Collingwood. And this was the first time and he was really, you know, excited and, I think it, that was just a disappointment feeling of that we've really just cost something up. Um, and just, I, I, it's just really disappointing that second half. I think it's the first time since 1909 that we, Collingwood, have kept the scoreless in a, in a half of footy. So uh, it was just the second half, you could just see it was going to happen like that. From, even from the get go, Collingwood were on. We were a little bit sleepy. We sort of fought, fought back, then we slept again. And, you know, unfortunately, Carlton have had, I think it's 16 out of the last 26 games or something ridiculous where there's been a five-goal swing as yeah, well. and, 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 and it, what do you put that down to, Woody? Do you put that down to the fact that either they run out of legs, which, I mean, you can't do that over the course of 16 games, or does David Teague have a plan B and a plan C? I put it down to a lack of on-field leadership. I think it's as simple as that. You know, our leaders... And I'm talking about, like, your top five or six players, like your Cripps, Doherty, you know, those sort of characters. Simo, they're going to – Eddie Betts, they're going to lead and they're going to do what they're going to do on front. But unfortunately, it's that next core of leaders, those next young emerging guys, that we just don't see enough of stepping up on the, on the ground, if that makes sense. So I think it's down to a bit of leadership, down to, a bit, uh, down to that losing culture. When you play in a club or in a team, and I can say it locally, you know, you know, when you play in a team and you just say, here you go again. You know, at my footy club, Canterbury, like when, you know, probably we've just started to get on the back end of that. Like when you've been in a club that's been flogged consistently, that little voice in the back of your head goes, oh, here we go again. We're, gonna, we're just going to get rolled. And you've just got to be mentally tougher than that and go, yeah. no. We're going to stand up and we're going to fight this. Yeah, so speaking of, a little bit of that. Speaking of here we go again, I mean, from the outside, it looks like Sunday aside. Say the Blues finish just outside the eight. They finish ninth or tenth. From the outside, it looks like that's a tick. They're on the way up. They're improving. But from a fan's perspective, do you go, oh, here, here we go again. We've just missed out. There's no guarantee next season we're on the way up. So what, what's oh, your... Look, no, oh, I mean, James, I don't really think so because at... You know, at best, I think Carlton are no better than a ninth to thirteenth mm. side at the moment. So, I think anything you know in the top eight would have been overs for me at the start of this year. So, mm. I wouldn't say you know we're in a position where we're failing at the moment. But I think there are what disappoints me are there are long parts in games that they just check out 
and they go missing. And I think the improvement, though, this year has been the gap between Carlton's worst and Carlton's best. That's closed up, and I'm, I'm happy about that. You can see the development there. But now you've got to look at the little parts in games where they just, you know, fall to bits. And, you know, like if you think back to round two against Melbourne, you know, they were leapfrogged by five or six goals. You know, they fought back into the game, but it was a little too late and they got done by less than a kick. So, you know, that might be a result that cost us the final spot. Um, interesting, Woody, though, you mentioned Sam Doherty. I think another thing that's impacted the Blues for a big part of this year and the last two or three years is the fact that we've never been able to have both Doherty and Nick Newman on the park at the same time. And I think having those cool heads off halfback are a real positive for the team, which we haven't been able to, which we have not been able to capitalise on. One of my favourite players in the AFL is Caleb Daniel, and they call him the architect because he sets up the play from, from down back. And I feel that Doherty started off the year really well and playing that architectural role where he was really aggressive with his ball use. But he's, unfortunately, when you, when you miss a lot of time out, you sort of go through those lulls. And he's been really good this year. He'll come top six in our b and And, you know, he's, a, he's going to be a superstar player moving forward. But we haven't had that person that's been really aggressive with their ball use behind the centre line. And I think Nick Newman would have been that person with penetrating left foot, not afraid to, to pull the trigger on kicks. Um, and I think we've really missed that, that, that person that's not afraid to, to do that scary kicking board or, you know. Um, and I think that's where we've become a little bit pedestrian, moving the ball, transitioning out of our back 50. And I think that's been a massive cause as to why we've lost at least three of our games and one of them was on Sunday. We were and, just and really we, slow. And what I would like to see, you know, if we had a little bit more midfield depth, you know, it's a perfect opportunity, especially going forward. I mean, this is the next topic I want to broach. But Mark Murphy, you know, being able to put him behind the ball, put him at half back, giving him the opportunity to distribute, you know, he's, he's a great kick. He's got beautiful skills. Know, and he's 32 years of age, so or 33 years of age. So he's at the time of his career where, all right, well, let other blokes have a run in the midfield, but we just don't have that depth. But you'd want to see eventually in the Carlton evolution that he can be able to fill that void off half back. So it brings me to the next point, you know, out of Murphy, Simpson, and Betts, who goes on next year? It's a great point. Look, it's a great point. I was just talking to a, a mate of mine today about it, actually. Um, oh, there's this, we have this massive obsession in the Australian football media of retiring blokes. As soon as you get to 30, you've got to retire. Like You've got to get the kids in. I, don't, I completely disagree with it. I call it the James McDonald effect of when James McDonald left Melbourne, oh, the yeah. club was just in disarray. And I, I look at it like guys like Cade Simpson, guys like Eddie Betts, guys like Matty Cruiser, I reckon they can pick and choose when they want to retire. And I would keep all of them on because my argument to that is this goes, well, we haven't really got anyone that's absolutely pushing them out of, the, of their positions. Simo's still playing reasonable footy. Eddie Betts has been, I, I feel, really consistent this year. I know he had a four-week low where we didn't kick goals, but he's okay, pressuring but Woody, the pressure. Yep. But Woody, okay, okay, I get what you're saying, but let's say the variable comes in, trade period, mm-hmm. Carlton lands Tom Papley. What happens to Betts then? I still reckon Eddie has a role. So, yeah, I would keep Eddie on. I mean, how good would it be to have Betts and Papley? From the outside, I'd keep Eddie on. I think he he, uh, offers a lot 
in terms of on field but off field as well. I think his presence definitely gets yeah. the boys up and, and about, and that leadership in the forward line is crucial. I, I think just from the can outside. I, can, I a, can, can I ask a question to you two, blokes? I like, again, someone I always look at something like what Tim McGrath did when he finished at Geelong. So Tim McGrath played 200 games for Geelong, started at North, went to Geelong, great player. When did the, when did the VFL in 2002? And one and captain the Geelong VFL Premiership. And and, and Woody who was in that who was in that and Woody who was in that team? Who was in that Geelong Premiership team vote too? Was oh, no. if, correct me if I'm wrong, Bartel. I think James Edward. Kelly, I think you know, a lot of these young blokes who became bonafide yeah. three time premiership players. Yeah, Stevie Morris did the and same some, thing for Richmond as well two seasons yeah, ago. And, and my question my question is someone like Kate Simpson. So if it gets to next year and it's looking like, oh, geez, you know, he's a little bit over the hill, yada, yada, yada. Why can't they say to Simo, mate, we'll keep you on the list as a rookie. We'll, you know, here's your, your pay packet. We want you to captain the twos and play development leadership role. Yeah, but you see, right. you've opened up a can of empty, but this is the thing that shoots me right now. The rookie list is not, was never designed for that. And you look at Lockie Henderson, how he is a rookie at Geelong, you know, mm. he just circles to their needs and he comes in, you know, when, They've got a few shortages in the back line. How he is able to be a rookie. The rookie list was never meant for that role. The rookie list is for a player like Michael Gibbons or a player like Sam Mitchell who came onto the Hawthorne list after playing at Box Hill. Not for a 30, 31-year-old. It's funny, right? Because there's so many compromises in the AFL at the moment that it just it's just another one. And I, I do tend to agree with you with that. I do think that... that that is that is true. That that rookie draft is not supposed to be like that. But while it is, might as well exploit it. Hundred percent, boys. I'm enjoying the show. I could talk about this all day, honestly, with you boys. But I want to ask you a quick one before we get to a quiz, because I want to do a Carlton quiz and have some fun on the show as well. I want to get your Brownlow pick and your Premiership pick. Uh, I'll I'll go. Geez, Premiership. It's either Geelong or Richmond, right? I reckon. Um, I'd probably go. I'm going to go Geelong. I just think that they've mm. got it all. They've, it's all gelled. I think Chris Scott's really changed the ball movement because that's been Geelong's biggest, biggest knock was their ball movement. Um, and, and the old theory goes, I think I heard um, someone speak about it recently. Look at the top five teams in the AFL at the moment. What have they got? They've got key forwards performing and kicking goals. And, and I just think when you've got Tom Hawkins in the form that he is in, I know Lynch and Rebold have been okay. They've been pretty good, but a little bit inconsistent where Hawkins is just looking free. He's moving well. He's someone they actually want to go and watch at the footy at the moment. So he's playing really well. And while you've got someone like Gary Rowan, who's that influential up forward 50, I'm going to go the Cats. And Brownlow, geez, it's all up in the air, isn't it? Lockie Neal is probably your favourite, isn't yeah. he? Um, but that... But then from Lockie Neal, I mean, you just don't know. Paddy Dangerfield was best on ground by a mile Friday night. He might pull threes. Safe yeah, bet. nice. For that Geelong pick, we're no longer friends. Uh, Damo, who wins the flag? <laughs> yeah. Well, see, a lot of conjecture out about Port Adelaide. But I mm. think that they've got a little bit of X factor to yeah. sort of really create like a spark it. in a final. You know, they've got exciting young players who can, you know, jag a few goals in a qualifying final and get into a preliminary final. Now, this is the real unknown. Do they get a preliminary final in Adelaide? You know, the AFL have decided if they're going to play finals in Adelaide. I think they probably will. So if they can finish top, which they look like they will, win themselves through the preliminary final, they're going to put themselves in a real good position for, obviously, a grand final berth. I think you throw a blanket over Geelong, Richmond and Collingwood for the next bit. I think 
put a line through West Coast. I don't, I can't see West Coast challenging for the flag this year, although they might drop into the top four. I just think away from home, you looked at how they played in the first round of games up on the Gold Coast and the Hubs. They were flat-footed. They looked like a team who just didn't want to be away from home. Mm. And, you know, that was shown by the fact Adam Simpson came out and was questioning how long they had to be there for. The, the thing that I'm always annoyed at West Coast, now I'm, I'm going to get bagged for this, but people say, oh, you know, you're not giving West Coast enough credit. But they're a five-goal better side at home. You know, so mm-hmm. you take the five goals away at any other ground, they're brought back to the field and a little bit more. So, yeah, I, I can't say them challenging. I think Port Adelaide will make it. And I reckon for their grand final partnership, it'll probably be Geelong, Richard or Collingwood, I reckon. Bang, there you go. Port from Damien Tardy. I love it. And, and, for, the, and for, for the Brownlow, I, I, you can't deviate from Lockie Neal. Mm-hmm. He's 26 votes last year and he's probably having just as good a season this year, albeit, you yeah, know, short not better. Yeah, definitely. All right, we're going to get to the quiz, boys. Now, use your name as your buzzers and uh, be warned, though, if you answer, first, a few of them are multiple choice, a few of them aren't because I just do what I want here. So when you use your buzzer, if you get it wrong, the other person can answer. So it's dangerous. All right? So be careful. Oh, um, all right. Question one, boys. These are all Carlton related, by the way. All right. How old is David Teague? Woody. Yep. Woody. 39. 39, correct. Woody's off. Bang. Second, does Eddie Betts have one or two ears pierced? Damo. Two. He has two, correct. Number three, which of these is Jacob Wiedering's favourite movie? Is it A, Step Brothers, B, Star Wars, or C, Happy Gilmore? Damien, I, I, I would say Star Wars. It is Star yeah, Wars. Say, well yeah. done, Damien. <laughs> Number four. What region of Italy are the Silvanis from? Is it A? Oh, Damien. Oh, yeah, go for it, Damien. No, no, no. Actually, yeah, finish. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that is. All right. Is it A, Veneto, B, Sicily, or C, Abruzzo? Oh, hey, Woody. I'll give you, I'll give you, I know this is not your area of expertise, but I'll give you a hint. Yeah. In Italian terms, it's sort of more Queensland than Tasmania. <laughs> okay. Is it, is it where the Ganados are from in uh, Abruzzo? What, is that what it's, how you say it? Uh, yes! Are you going to do Abruzzo? Is that your oh, answer? You're locking it, you're locking yeah. it in? No, oh, it's wrong. Sky, it's wrong, mate. Uh, it's a bit higher than that. Yeah, Damo, which, oh. which one is it? Veneto or Sicily? Oh, it's Venetal. It is Venetal. Damo gets that. Oh, There's a nice little documentary on him on the Carlton website as well. Yeah, and you know who produced that, Woody? Probably who you. produced that uh, documentary? Uh, none other than uh, Luca Ganano. Luca Ganano. Yeah, I was going to guess it. Yeah. That's right. He's a good man, Luca. All right, number five. He's a good man. Which one of these famous Carlton supporting comedians has more Twitter followers? Okay. Is it A, Sam right. Pang, B, Dave Hughes, or C, Andy Lee? Woody, I'm going to go Andy Lee. Andy Lee? Wrong. Damo, who is it? Oh, well then, I think it's got to be Dave Hughes, but I would have gone Andy Lee. Yeah, it's Dave Hughes. He's got 6.8k. Andy Lee's got 5.92. Now I think about it, I reckon Andy Lee's probably more bigger than the Instagram crowd. You know, you sort Mm. of, you know, 21, 28 year olds, whereas Hughes, you've got a bit more of a mature following, don't you? Damo's off to a 5. 4 1. He's leading. This is huge. All right, question six, and there's 11 questions. 
So there's time, Woody. Uh, Harry Mackay's favourite holiday destination. Is it A, Croatia, B, Greece, or C, Bali? Oh, I reckon he's Woody. Yeah, don't give me Well, I think Woody... Woody went in first. Yeah, go. I'll go yeah, Bali. I'll go Bali. Not wrong. You see, yeah, oh. I reckon wrong too. I reckon, I reckon Harry Mackay strikes me as a sort of sale Croatian boy. <laughs> You're on fire, mate. That's five for Damo. Bloody hell. But it is easy when Woody jumps in and gets it wrong, though. I must admit. Yeah, all right. but I, I, reckon, I, reckon, I reckon Harry Mackay's the type of bloke to say, all right, you know, let's pack up for six weeks. Let's go to Croatia. You know, we'll go to Split. We'll like get on the boat and get on the tiles. That's it. it. Oh, it definitely is. Yeah. Uh, number seven. What's Zach Fisher doing in his last Instagram picture? Is it A, sitting in a hammock with his partner, B, holding his French bulldog, or C, celebrating a Carlton win? Woody, uh, I'm going to go A. No, he's not. It's not. Oh, he's not. I swear that was. No? That was, I'll give you that. That was his second last picture. Oh, that's right. (laughs) I'm 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 surprised he didn't have an option that he was playing Fortnite or something. I reckon he's one of the He loves his games, doesn't he? He, Him and Charlie Curnow love playing Fortnite. Mm. So when is it, Damon? Is it Carlton celebrating a win or is he holding his French Bulldog? No, he's holding the first ball on. No, he's not. He was celebrating the cup. He, he put a picture of celebration after Nunesy kicked the goal and he yeah. said, ice in his veins and tag Nunesy. So none of you got that one. But all those options were actually Instagram posts from him, so they were on there. Definitely seen it. All right, number eight. Uh, Glenn Manson wore a distinctive black elbow pad on his arm. Which one was it? Damien. Damien. What are you? His right arm. Yeah, his right arm, correct. Yeah, because you know why? Because he punched a glass window in the shop. This and... this was Damo, this was I had this for a bonus point, tell me why. Go for it. Yeah, oh, because okay. when he was younger, I think he would have been on the SN list at the time when they won the ninety three flag. He punched a glass window of the shop. And they told him he was never gonna use his arm again. Yeah, that's yeah, they're gonna have to cut it off. Yeah, and then he part away with the bombers, landed at Carlton and you know, there you go. Served as a reminder every day. You put it on exactly there. Had two, two drinks ever since that night. Hey, actually, for another bonus. Yeah, do you want a bonus question, point for that, Woody, as well? Yeah, I'll give you guys a bonus question. Glenn Manson had a distinctive piercing. Where was it? Oh, it was on his. Um, oh, on yeah. The, it was in, in on the pants. On the pants. Yeah, correct. Yeah. I'll get a point for myself. Yeah. Yeah. Woody knew that too, but I'll just give myself one. Um, Number nine. Which one of these is one of Tom DeConing's pre-game rituals, routines? Is it A, a long morning walk and a coffee? B, brushing his teeth? C, a ham and pineapple pizza? Woody, I'm going to go A. For a long morning walk and coffee? Yeah. That's incorrect, mate. So, is it B or C? I reckon he's the type of bloke to sort of brush his teeth. Yes, he is. Like well done. But they was killing it. This is a joke. This is like the yeah. Mervyn Purvis quick quiz. <laughs> hey, Woody, halfway through this, this was like the 1970 grand final. I was straight ahead. This is turning into the 2007 grand final now. Bloody hell. All right, this is two, two, two to go, boys. All right, which of these is Jack Noon's favourite musician? Is it A, Andrea Bocelli, B, Taylor Swift, or C, Dua Lipa? He looks like a Tay-Tay man. Uh, no, he's not. Oh, he's not on oh. Kelly, man. He can't be on Kelly, man. Is that your answer? No, I'm going Dua Lipa. 
Nah, it's all right. Oh, yeah, well, Bacelli, he loves oh, it. Kid, he wouldn't even know any songs from Andre Bacelli. <laughs> that's, his, that's his choice, mate. That's what he put down. So yeah, All he does is time to say goodbye. Well, he I probably did. likes it. He likes it. What's wrong with that? Well, you're in the lead, Damon. Stop complaining. All right, 11. 11. Last one. Woody. This is worth 10 fair. points. No, it's not. It's worth one point. But you can, you're playing for point. Okay. <laughs> Who kicked the first goal? In the 95 grand final. Ah, still was Australian. I reckon it was... Damon? Was it Craig Bradley? It was Craig Bradley. <laughs> well done. Yeah, oh, Craig Bradley to the puck right into the ground. As the umpire comes in, he goes bang on the rubber knob here at Waverley Park. Bang, from 50. That hey, is actually... Nine points hey, for you, Damon. Add... Yeah, hey, go for James, it. James, can we add a supplementary segment here? And yeah, go talk for it. About Sean Woodward's working relationship with the big fisherman Rex Hunt himself. Oh, I love oh, Rex. Wow. Yeah, I don't think Rex is the biggest fan of our Woody. But... Really? Why? <laughs> well, well, Why? well which, which infamous criminal did Rex Hunt liken you to? It was, was it A. Roger Rogerson, B. B. Carl Williams, or C. Ivan Malat? <laughs> Ivan Malat. Which one, Jimmy? See. You are correct. Well done. <laughs> well, I can see it. And, I can see uh, we've it. Got Woody over here is helping Ben. The equivalent of Ivan Miller giving him camping tips. <laughs> oh no, Woody, buddy, I love Rexy. He's the he was my favourite commentator ever. He's a legend. Yeah, I love him too. But I, he just yeah, we're trying Doesn't to get like that you. love going. It's all like straight. <laughs> boys, boys, the um the Zoom call is running out, so I've got to get going. But this has been great, and I really are you going to come back on again? Can I get you to come back? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, good. Good. Yeah, I love it. The Blues Brothers. Thank you so much, mate. I can't wait to do it again. Appreciate the chat. Thanks, James. Make sure you share it as well. Yeah, see you, mate. Yeah. See, you boys all day. see you, boys. See you, boys. All right. All right, the Blues Brothers. How good was that? I <laughs> love talking to those guys. I um, hope to get them on soon as well. We can do some more quizzes. And uh, hashtag the gym session on Twitter and let me know what you thought and if you did the quiz, what did you get? Who was the best? And uh, give me some questions for next time as well. I want to speak about comebacks because last week, I mean, we're not talking about the Dons now because the Dons lost last last night and they played last night. We can talk about the Cats because they recorded an incredible comeback. They let the Dogs, after 16 minutes of footy last week, they got out to a six-goal lead, the Doggies. And that means they knew, the Cats knew, they stayed calm. Like you look at Chris Scott at the at the quarter time break, he wasn't he wasn't panicked. He knew. All right, we've got forty eight minutes to make up this deficit. Now he's no doubt a numbers man, I'm sure, and his external calmness at the break when he was talking to his men, it looked to be contagious. It looked to say, boys, settle down. We've got this. They didn't panic. And even as me, I tipped the I tipped the cats, but I always thought. I know in hindsight you can always say this. I always thought it's not over yet. It's not over yet. Chris Scott's always got something up his sleeve. Now, they needed to work it back. And when you look at it, they all they only needed one goal every eight minutes in order to work back that deficit. And that's exactly what they did. They chipped away, they chipped away, and they got back in the final term. And that's a masterclass from Chris Scott. And a lot of people say this who are involved in the footy world, that he is the best match day coach in the league, bar none. He can change things. He's always got a plan B, plan C. He studies his opponents. He takes away their strength. Now, coming into finals, I've said this before, they are, are a better side than they were last year. And last year, they won the minor premiership. They are dangerous. And when Tom Hawkins is in that form, and Dangerfield as well, like Danger on, 
on um it was friday night wasn't it friday night i believe friday night he was incredible like he just lifted his side when they were in trouble you look at your leaders to step up and that's exactly what he did and another leader who stepped up on the weekend was the man who recovered from a hamstring injury and in his first game tagged nat fife out of the game I think uh, was it David King? He said he was taken to the cleaners, Nat Fife, by by Matt DeBoer on Saturday, and he well and truly was. Fife had four possessions after just two quarters, after two quarters of footy, right? And he hasn't had that um, that many possessions, that amount since his second game of AFL footy. So Matt DeBoer to do that job and have nine possessions of his own, take him out of the game, and force the Dockers to move Nat Fife into the forward line just to get involved. It's, uh, it's a great credit to Leon Cameron and Matt DeBoer. He is a professional. And there's been some comments which I don't like about a tagger being bad for the game and he's not a great player and he does dirty things. And if you know Matt DeBoer, if you've watched him really closely, he doesn't do things that are illegal. He plays by the rules. He's relentless in his footy. And he he's the best tagger the game's seen for a long, long time. He's the best current tagger in the game, there's no doubt. But for Leon Cameron, if you've got that weapon in your arsenal why wouldn't you use it i think i think it's fantastic now a lot of people say oh it takes away that you know the fantastic players from the game oh we don't want to see that it's rubbish football no it's not you've got to win games mate and when they're in this position as well you do everything you can to win and the people who understand footy and know footy will respect that and they respect him for doing that job because that was incredible what he did on that five in his first game back mind you and well, speaking of incredible, what about Riccardi, the rising star? He, he kicked four goals in his second game. John O'Brien says he's playing like Wayne Carey. But even in his first game, what he kicked two at 16, 16 disposals. Um, he was fantastic. But to get picked pick number 51 after having to play VFL and working your way through, I mean, it, it obviously gives him a heap of confidence now. But what about coming into this side, being, oh, I'm pick 51, I've got to prove my spot, working so hard, and then putting on performances like that? How good is that? And he's proved a lot of people wrong. And there is someone downstairs who just ordered something. And I sit, I'm in an apartment and they're just, I sit next to the window. And this mic is so strong. I don't know if you can hear it, but I can hear it in my headphones. Because I open the door right next to my window because they've got a package. And you know how many people buy things these days online? Like I won't, it won't be like 15 minutes that I go through where someone, where a delivery man might, might come and um come and deliver something. Which brings me, you know, the other day, right? The other day, um, we got a package because we've ordered things online and we get a package and the da- the most dangerous words you'll hear, my missus goes to me, oh, I love getting packages in the mail. It's like opening gifts. I go, uh, no, it's not. Look at my bank account. It is not like opening gifts. I beg to differ. That is a very dangerous, dangerous um, hobby to pick up during lockdown, I'll tell you that. Anyway, back to the footy. Uh, GWS make the eight. There's no doubt they make the eight. They sit in ninth spot now, and then they've got Carlton, Adelaide, Melbourne, and St. Kilda in consecutive weeks. If they if they play the footy that they played on the weekend, bang, they make the eight. Forget about it. And they should, really. I mean, with that quality on their list. And you want the best footy come finals time, and I think GWS can perform that footy. Um, we, should, we saw it last year. They will make finals. North were really poor. Really, really poor. And it's hard to remember... Another time we've seen a coach like so dejected, he was so void of answers. At the end of the game, Rui Shaw, after 63, a 63 point loss, and it could have been a lot worse, mind you. Gold Coast kicked 12 19. 12 19. But if they had kicked straight, this would have oh, it would have been shocking. But that was smashed in every aspect of the game. 
except for the Clangers, obviously, they won that by 15. But Shaw was, he was literally, literally void of answers. He said it was a bit of a loss, but a bit of a loss when he was trying to explain, you know, their fifth consecutive loss, their 11th of the season. He said, I feel for our fans and our members and our club as a whole because it wasn't good enough and it is not acceptable at this level. 100%. You just can't have that kind of footy and that kind of attitude. The Roos now... They're set for their worst season ever because they have won 13 wooden spoons in their history, but they all came when it was a 12-team VFL format. Now, uh, when you look at the um, uh, sorry, the, the expanded national competition of the AFL, they've never finished lower than 15th. That could all change this season. They're currently sitting 17th. They've got Port, Freer, and West Coast to play. This does not look good for the Roos. Now... If you're actually listening to the podcast at this stage, thank you. Um, I'm going to end up with three short things, but if you actually are, tweet me. I'll send you a live. I'll send you a footy live stubby holder for free because I want to see if anyone actually listens this far in the podcast. Because it's good. If you do, thank you. I'll send you a stubby holder. Uh, three short things to look out for this weekend. I will end off with. I've done it again. I haven't even prepared for this, but I'm looking at the fixture right now. I'm going to go hip with the kick three because. The Lions are going to win, in my opinion, and he needs to start kicking straight if they want a chance at winning the flag. I'm going to go DeBoer again to be best on, have the most influence, um, because his form was, on the weekend was fantastic, and I think the external negativity is going to spur him on to play even better, which it should. There should be no negative. I mean, no, I, don't, I, don't get, I don't get it. But anyway, the last thing is Hayden Trojan is going to take a specky. Because he's been that close to taking mark of the year. His leap is as good as anyone. Like I said, I said two seasons ago, he's like the Jeremy Howe of the Doggies. And he will overtake him because his marking ability. And his performance last week was tremendous. He put his body on the line, taking big grabs. He's influencing the contest. He'll take a specky this week. You just watch out. Hashtag the gym session on Twitter. Please get involved with the show. You can email me or tweet me anytime and I will respond. That is a promise. And uh, make sure, please, that you're watching tonight and get into me if the Tigers lose because I've just gone on a rant about how good they're going at the moment. So you can do that. Um, I hope we won, though. All right? Uh, Until next time, take care of yourselves.